I'll be a proper, I'll be a proper show host. Mary, it's great to have you on. It's great to be here with you, Terry. Terry. Right. I don't call Terry. you Terry. You can call me Terrence or Terry. Either one is fine. Most people <laughs> at work, the only one who calls me uh, Terry at work is uh, Kent. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, we we because we're we're dokey. We came in at the same time, so I've known uh, him for a long time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, this took us a little while, folks. The behind the scenes <laughs> took us a little while to get the recording down. Even now, who knows? But we're gonna give this a try. Yeah. So I'm having uh, Terry on the show because she's been in Japan for a long time, mm-hmm. and you know you have a lot of amazing experiences. And I thought it'd be really cool to talk about your experiences. Talk about, uh, of course, the hot issue right now, the whole Black Lives Matter thing going on in yes. Japan. Mm-hmm. So just to get us started, Terry, uh, so where are you from? Maybe a little short introduction, a little sure. story of your early life. Um, well, I'm 62. I was born in Harlem in New York City. Um, kind of a creative student for many years, uh, high school for music and this and that. But then I got into um, the music business for a very long time. That was my bread and butter. I was a contract administration person and I fell in love with um, various types of very cool Japanese quote unquote underground music because I would visit here for work and ended up managing co-managing with one of my best friends who's still my best friend now um we ended up managing a band called pizzicato five out of new york and that was a long wow. process yeah i think um, you mentioned this before and i yeah keep being amazed when i hear it i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if more than a few uh listeners know pizzicato five they're quite famous they're part of that shibuya k right i'm sure you can talk yes. more about that than i can yeah no no there's shibuya k um you know just to make a long story short we managed them brought them to the outside world outside of japan and then they asked us to manage them here in japan and um many 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 things happened um we kept managing so bands after they split up too so that was the main thing in the beginning that's interesting. So your first connection with, with, with that, would that, would you consider that your first, like, were you ever interested in anything Japanese before that or Japan? Not particularly. No, I didn't so, come out of love of language or love of, you know, the broader culture, particularly um, not, no, not really. So how old were you when this whole Pizzicato five, like management, deal came up. It's still in New York, not coming to Japan, but still being in right. New York. Still in New York. About-ish. Jeez. It's like 35 years ago. <laughs> no, that's okay. not right. That can't be possible. Uh, about then, 30? You know, you, yeah, Wait, were about you, were 30, you in your, 25, were you in your, 30. Were you in your 30s, you think? When, when yeah, I was about up? in my 30s. Because there was a part there where I worked for Prince in his... Um, at that time, publishing company. 
I'm gonna, other I'm artists. Gonna, I'm going to stop you right there for a moment. I love Terry's name drops. No, dude, uh, no, but it's no, just. I know, you're, I, know, I, know you're not dro- I know you're not intentionally dropping no, names. That's how badass it is. That's how badass it is. Pizza Cat of Five, wow, she'd be a kid, great. And then one day I was riding in my little red Corvette and Prince came up to me. <laughs> Dude, no, he wouldn't even. God, I, I'm so sorry we lost him, but he wouldn't even probably remember me because he had a huge, a huge staff. But you know, main, main, the longest story short is I came here with music management in mind and um, was very pretty good at the management part, meaning working with the artist part. But we weren't such great business people. You know, you have to kind of be a hustler, and neither Tom nor I are really hustlers. We just we love the artists and we love developing them. We love, you know, bringing them to do amazing stuff. A band we worked with after Pizzicato Five is called Feed, and they ended up doing two things I'm kind of proud of. One is Smashing Pumpkins had them open for their last quote unquote last show at Budokan. And that, that was a proud moment. And then even more wonderful for me, because I'm a huge Patti Smith group uh, fan, is we had Lenny Kay produce uh, Feed's first major album. And so we flew back to New York for that recording. And it, it just uh, wonderful producer, wonderful people. And I loved being in the music industry, but it was changing. And you'd have to really be much more of a hustler. That's not that's not my strength. That's not my thing. So uh tried to do a number of things, brought some various uh, artistic franchises from the States into Japan. For some reason, I thought, you know, I've got something I need to do in Japan. I really had that strong feeling. And I kept doing various things. I was a podcast, early podcast producer for some years with um, my best friend Tom doing uh, a lot of the audio engineering. He's an excellent engineer. And um, at one point, I was, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Am I going to go back? My old, old MacBook Pro was giving up the ghost. And you know, I couldn't survive without a, a Mac. And so I walked into the, the Shibuya Apple Store and a very good friend of mine Andrew Shuttleworth was there and he said, you know, you should try out for Apple. And I said, yeah, I can't speak Japanese, dude. There's no way they're ever going to hire me. And uh, he said, try anyway. They're looking for more than just language. And long story short, you know, uh, my one of my first big meetings uh, after they hired me was the day of the um, uh, uh, 2011 earthquake. So Uh, it's just. Because it's almost 10 years ago, right? Not quite. But you've yes, been with it's not quite. Apple It'll be 10 years 10 next years. March. Yep. 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 So just to go back a little bit. So, but, sure. but the first, after you, you guys managed uh, Pizzicato 5 in New York, and then you were b- mm-hmm. brought over to manage them in Japan. That's what brought you. That's, yes. That's what actually brought you over to Japan. That's what brought me. To how long? Here, yeah. How long did that? How long did you do that? The actual managing of them before you <sighs> either got into Apple or you went on to something else before Apple? Oh, gosh. Five years, maybe. So they were close pretty... to breaking up. Um, so yeah, yeah they there were many, many, many things were happening. Um, people left, and so on and so forth. And so you know, it happens with older bands. Well, 
Yeah, what were they like? It's the it's the main the main is Pizzicato Five actual set Co- more than two people, but there was there was the two yeah. main. There was the singer, the female lead vocal, Makina and then Mia. okay, yeah, yeah. What were they like? I don't know a lot. Really? I I like I, I casually like their music. I'm not a you know deep into it, but it is one of the like bands or music of that Japanese music of that era that I kind of know. That's not the usual J-pop. So I, I'm right. kind of excited to hear a little bit about them and the story. Well, the thing is, when we um, when we brought them over, it was based on the idea out to the states and to Europe. It was based on the idea that the kind of joy and the genius of them was something that would transcend language, and it was proven because one of their biggest shows in New York, a place called Irving Plaza, uh, we had a fairly big show and. Basically, you had all these people, black, white, Asian, all kinds of people singing along to the phonetics on the album, which is one of the things I insisted we had to do because I was like, you know, give people a chance. They don't understand Japanese, but give them a chance to sing along. And it was like I was in tears. It was an amazing experience because it was all about the love of Maki and the mythos of Konishi and it was just amazing. So basically, they, um, what, what was great about them is that that was real talent. There was certainly um, parts that were taken from Western culture, Western music or U.S. music or European music, French music, French chanson, all these things. But the way they like mixed it, <laughs> just, it was just, a thing of itself and I think even now I get people when you know I don't talk about it much because you know it's many years ago but I get people saying oh my god Pizzagato 5 because there's something about their music that just sticks with you it doesn't mean that they were a huge financial success because we weren't I mean we did some amazing things but it's a lot of money it's it's expensive to take a band overseas blah 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 we had a lot of amazing experiences and i don't regret a moment of it but it got very depressing um because we couldn't seem to break out of um kind of the exotic exotica jungle even though we got signed to matador records which was a a good thing and that kept us going for a while but anyway bottom line is uh, that started a whole set of years working with bands that had that thing there wasn't the same genres but had that thing where yeah you're part of the world you have an international view but you also have the the gorgeousness of Japanese art and Japanese culture as well and uh yeah I I love that I mean if I were independently wealthy I'd still be an artist manager to be honest um wow but it was it would, yeah, but without money backing you, it just, it wasn't possible for, for us to keep continue. And, you know, the, the CD to digital change was happening. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, even though, you know, people sell CDs here in Japan, but generally around the world, things were changing and Napster happened, happened and we lived through all of that. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad to be out of it, but I'm glad I was in it. It was a really good experience. That's cool. Yeah. So, so you know, you were you were doing that management stuff, but you've always mentioned like 
so what I'm curious about is after that ended or after, yeah, after it ended and I don't uh-huh. know after it ended, how long it took until you got to Apple, but was there ever anything in your mind of going back to the States? We, you didn't, you never thought that maybe I'm done with Japan or is that when Apple came in with your connection? No, with, it was years Andrew? before Apple came in. I mean, it was podcast production. I was, you know, doing podcast production and um, introducing the Mozart effect to Japan and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, speech writing I mean all kinds of stuff in in terms of media and communication and I you know I it's funny because I I had to ask myself that question but I felt compelled that I had to be here and I don't know why and so because I live have lived my life um without a real big focus I mean I'm not interested particularly in having kids and I'm already divorced it's not like I'm that interested in relationships and stuff, not because they're bad, but because I've been there, done that. So work slash art are key drivers um, for me. And there was something that I was supposed to do in Japan and I didn't know what it was. And then when I, you know, ended up at Apple, it just really, it was like pieces just kept falling into place. And uh, yeah. It's quite fortunate. I feel very fortunate because of that. That's cool. So I think we talk about this a lot, or we, me and you, we sometimes talk about, of course, right now, Black Lives Matter is going on. But I think even before that, we've talked a lot about how we both appreciate Japanese culture, but at the same time, Japan never lets you forget that you're not Japanese. So, yeah, which is, you know... A lot of fun. I struggle with that a lot because I'm half Japanese, so I, right. which is not fair to people who don't know that. It's not fair for me. I've had to really kind of rethink, re, rethink or re, kind of repackage the way I, I view how Japanese people react to me and have a little bit of, I've tried to have a little bit more sympathy about it or a little bit more understanding, maybe not get so worked up so quickly. But right. it used to, it used to, not that long ago, it used to, it just, I, I used to get riled up kind of about it. And I can imagine. And it's fine that you look at me and don't know that I'm half Japanese, but I'm speaking to you. I'm talking about experiences I'm having in, I've had in Japan since I was a child. And there's just no possibility. Like, it's just so strange to me that all, all over the world, people can see I'm half black. I've had people from Southeast Asia, you know, other Americans, everybody goes, Oh, you're half black or you're black? Like they can see that. Right. And yet the right. minute I tell them I'm also Japanese, half the time people are just like, huh, what? Like they just can't see it. Right. And there's something about being right. Japanese that just doesn't I wonder what's not conducive to you know, to the to the mixedness of of of, of ethnicity and culture. There's so much mixing in the world and huh. somehow people can't see that when it comes to Japan. There seems to be such a strong emphasis on on a sense of purity, you know. Oh, dude, the purity myth. Um, I, I mean, I of course, I know what you look like. <laughs> and I mean, I could tell immediately that you were mixed, let's say, Japanese and mm-hmm. black. But mm-hmm. I, like, for example, you're Japanese. When you're speaking to Japanese people in Japanese, it's native level Japanese. I mean, you're not like... You don't sound like me, I mean, you know. So I would think that folks would 
respond to that, no? Rather than how you look or, you know what I, I mean? mean? Like, some, sometimes, I, I, I won't say never. I, w- I wouldn't want to claim never. Sometimes people go, right. are you half Japanese? Of course. But it's just interesting. Right. And uh, I mean, and that's more about my own thing. I actually just wanted to get, it, get into that with you because I just wondered, you know, you said that you felt like you hadn't, there was something you still needed to do in Japan. So it must yes. mean that somehow Japan had become kind of a home for you. Because another thing we talk about with you is, yes. is that you've mentioned that, you know, you, as a child or as a teenager, you weren't like an anime head or, you know, or. You well, know, you, that's you not exactly oh. true. Oh. So here's the thing. I got, I got, you know, it's funny um, because, again, I am pretty I'm, I'm a couple of generations older. So I actually was a huge anime head, but I didn't know it was anime. One of my favorite um, stories on the TV was Kimba the White Lion, which is Leo, which is Lion King, right? I didn't know that was Japanese. I had no idea. All I knew was that this was the most amazing story. And I loved it much more than Disney. It did not lead to me, you know, falling in love and getting into manga or anything like that. Because just because it didn't. Because, but yeah, and I, I understand that. Because although, yeah, we are a couple of generations apart, I am kind of on the cusp of that. So right. at the time, like when I lived in Hawaii or when I talked to like American friends of my age group, a lot of them watched a lot of stuff that was J- Japanese, not knowing it was Japanese. So yes. we would get into stupid arguments like Voltron's American. <laughs> like, no, Voltron Excuse is not me. American. No! Like, it's not American, you we, People just didn't know. There was no way to know. When you're a kid, you don't know. And there's no internet at the time. You know, exactly. I, I got into it. It wasn't anime, but I got in an argument with a kid about Nintendo not being Japanese. I'm like, the name is Nintendo. Does that uh, sound English or American to you? Nintendo? It's a 100-plus-year card game company. But I didn't know how to argue that as a kid. I was just like, I know it's Japanese because I lived in Japan and it's Japanese. I was so frustrated. With this knucklehead, it just insisted Nintendo was not a Japanese company. Oh, Everything I wonderful like, oh, does man. not all just come from America, people. Many yeah. different things come from many pl- different places, and they get melting potted in America. But yeah, Kimba the White Lion. I could. I I liked other ones too that were from Japan, but it was it was Kimba. Oh, nice. The song, all of it, and I loved the energy of that. Like, there's mm. a reservedness or uh i don't know it was just it was just different and i really loved it uh i i I didn't continue because i didn't even know what it was and like you said there was no internet that i had access to at that point so yeah and i think later on it became like people who were into anime knew what it was later on like the later generations would get you know and they would get into anime that i had no interest because i liked anime because i largely grew up on it in, while living in Japan, living on a military base or living, you know, my dad was in the Navy, even if we lived off right. the base. So I just right. grew up on watching Japanese anime as a regular Japanese kid, you know, as a Japanese kid would. So right. to me, it right. was just, so when I talk to people of, even at work, when I talk to Japanese of my generation, we can talk about the same anime. We know. And in the minute we talk uh, to somebody about f- over five years to 10 years younger, it's like one, one generation off. They know, they know right. our stuff, but, they, but the stuff they liked is the stuff that came out later. And then so when, we go two, when we go two generations down to the youngins, the college kids and stuff, from my point of view, then they're just talking about stuff I, don't, I barely know. Like, you yeah, know, I mean. Or I, my I girlfriend's kids are talking exists. about. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of One Piece, but, and I actually tried to watch 
One Piece, there was a, I was so bored. I was like, yeah. well, I don't care. Although, although, recently, Netflix has had some pretty cool anime. And then I'm ashamed to say that this is nothing to do directly with Japanese people who've created it. But Avatar, I binge watched Avatar, The Last Airbender. Hmm. I love it. <laughs> I'm a total, total Avatar freak. I was like, dang. And I just knew it had to be something from Japan. And then it turns out it actually wasn't. But obviously, yeah, but it's, very inspi- it's inspired. In. Yeah, totally. It's inspired. Totally. The, the person, the, the production team is like, this is a, a tribute to mm-hmm. um, Japanese anime. So. God, I love Avatar. Wow, so I'll, cool. I'll have to check. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I've I've heard good things. I haven't checked it out. It's really good. Oh, it's cool. really good. That's something. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I just remember when the when the horrible movie came out, the M Night Shyamalan movie came out. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I, no, I know no, that's no, not. No. I, I know that's not what you're talking about. And I've never. And I understand that. I can. I understand because oh. I understand things that I love getting badly adapted. So I completely understood. I just never had any like real connection to the source material that's right. the first thing. i heard about that horrible movie the movie coming out the movie's based on this beloved animus or animation uh, i'll call it anime because it's animated but yeah it's not japanese anime but it's no it's no, anime no. series and then just, the movie yeah. the movie was very much panned and i was like okay and then i just well, it's just I and then it just what... went out of my pop culture head but now that you've mentioned it i want to get back in i want to get into it's it it's bingeable it's it's cool. it's absolutely bingeable and i'm not that huge a tv or video or movie person but this i got sucked in and i was gone and i think i've binge watched it like four or five times already it's really really nice. good nice so terry yes uh, besides being co-workers and friends what is our yes. other what is our other relationship oh black <laughs> lives matter oh no 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 yes that too but uh-oh is um, there something else the uh the sensei. <laughs> say oh gosh! Oh, it's so out of sight, out of mind. Look, um, folks who are listening, um, Terence is a wonderful Japanese teacher. I am an absolutely terrible student. That is not because, true. Because no, it is true, and I will tell you why. I know I need to learn it. I've tried. I've done so many false starts over the years, but I'm a. I'm a. I'm a writer and a, I'm a writer and I'm a writer and an English major, but I'm a writer mainly songs and poetry and all sorts of things. And I'm so, um, I get so demoralized by my low level in Japanese that I stop and start and stop and start. And I actually am giving myself a little bit more time over this next few weeks to get it because I'm starting a couple of podcasts and I'm doing some other things, but I'm also trying to anticipate picking up the ball with Terrence again, just discussing my favorite in Japanese, one of my favorite, um, and like it's, I we said Jidageki, it's uh, old style samurai movies, and one of my favorite actors in Japan. I mean, he's dead, but. Uh, Wakayama Tomisaburo and Terence had the great idea for me to explain in Japanese these various stories because I know them very, very, very well. So uh, we're going to try that as an approach, you know, do it through what you love 
and maybe presumably it might be easier to to use that as a tool for learning. Yeah, I think so. And I think you have more of a foundation than you give your cre- yourself credit for. So I think the for me, <laughs> I think the focus should be on something that you can actually be interested in because I, right. it's hard to there's some people who are naturally into grammar and vocabulary and they and but they don't have something they're passionate about so they don't really speak i've met there's a lot of uh, japanese people who are english learning english who are like that they know all the grammar rules right they read they they read the tangoshu the vocabulary lists all the time but you say hello to them and they freak out and can't have a conversation because there's uh, no yeah, because yeah, they're yeah, not yeah, there's yeah. no rea- there's no either they have to find a they have to find a passionate hook and they also have to find a practical application for their knowledge and they're not exercising their right. practical sense and i think you have plenty of opportunities at work and in your life to exercise the practical sense but i think right you've long right. not had like that more passionate hook you know that gives you confidence because yeah. what, what being just what, the what, opposite <laughs> yeah what loving is it waka is it wakayama or wakayama this tomisaburo wakayama tomisaburo what the amazing thing about about loving having uh, you know love for that actor or being into those movies is that it gives you confidence because you know about it if I ask yep. you questions about, you know, the, the third movie in the series, you'll be like, the third movie, the one where they <laughs> kidnap the villager, you know, and I'll be like, okay, whatever, Terry, thank you, Terry. You know, and he fights 50 samurai with the one sword and his, gets his left hand But it's more than that. The fighting. stories are better than that. The, the I, stories I, are I mean, that was real stories. I was, I was mocking your passion, not the quality of the, <laughs> of the uh, Oh, I know. I'm such an otaku of this guy. This guy was awesome. I used to, before I started working, um, at the at our the fruit place i was trying to figure out a way to like raise money and go and explore his whole life interview his remaining family and um you know go to his grave and do all this stuff and write a book oh wow like a doc- like a little do- or or like even do like a, a little, little documentary. mini documentary wow. yeah documentary yeah i really i was because i think he was the type of person who we, it would have been very difficult for us to have a conversation, but I think he's the type of person whose life showed a, a kind of deeper level of care for his fellow human beings, like stunt people who he would treat really well and he wouldn't let them do stunts because his, uh, his view was, look, let me do it because if something ha- bad happens to me, I have the high level salary. I can afford to go to the higher level hospitals you just chill out and get you know get your get paid and there's just a sense that there's a sense that he's the kind of guy who as a human as well as as an actor that it would have been amazing to know and to learn from and he was actually a master i mean he was a Iaido, 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 mm-hmm. and uh, Iaido, and I think Jiu-Jitsu master. Jiu-Jitsu, and he's the one ju- who caught Judo and Judo. Yeah. He, judo, that's right. He taught for a while, and he actually taught his brother, who some of your listeners might be surprised to find out, is Katsushin, the blind swordsman, who's more famous than. Well, he played. He played. He played, the, he played the blind swordsman. Swordsman, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, he, he I wasn't, wasn't blind, blind in real Katsushin, life. No, he wasn't Katsushin, blind in real life. Katsushin, 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 Katsushin? That's right. He, yeah, that's his that. big brother. Yeah, was the uh, was yeah quite yeah the fa- very famous actor 
in very, a lot very of, famous uh, guy. in the uh, yep. in the Zatoichi, the blind samurai movie. Yes. And also yes. other I think it was a other series of movies. And he was too. great too. I mean he was great too. But there was something about Wakayama san that captured more of my attention. And that's been true for years. I mean wow. I've been a fan of his for thirty years. I used to go up to when I was in New York, living in New York, I used to go up and take two hour or three hour trips to this very strange person who had a bunch of bootlegs. <laughs> I could have disappeared and they'd never seen wow. me again. But I was so into dis- the, the Catskills? What's the, into what the, into uh, I don't remember where he was upstate New York, but I would, yeah. like, I was determined to go up there and get all these VHS tapes that were bootlegs of his uh, TV shows. So I've seen, like, almost all the TV shows, too. The, I, you know, it's a very strange thing. I'm not quite sure now why I'm like this, but, yeah, that's my guy. So if I get to I- explain him to you in japanese i i will know i'm i'm doing pretty well yeah so you you heard it here folks the thing about it learning something <laughs> anything but learning language you got to find that hook that passion you know if you if exactly. i always tell like our yeah like our coworkers and stuff or japanese friends who want to learn english i'm like what are you into and they're like oh i love soccer well start picking up english language soccer magazines you might not be able to read much of it but you know a lot about soccer so and right. you're into it, and so you'll be able to make the connections, and then you start from there, and you start to build from there. And Your motivation that, is there, yeah. You know, motivation and yep. having, you know, expertise in something, but doing that or trying to trying to enjoy that expertise or or pursue that expertise in the target language. What I used to do is I loved reading novels, so I would read the English language translation of a Japanese literature of literary novel. And okay, I'd know the story and I know the characters. I'd be like, oh yeah, I love this book. You know, oh yeah, Kawabata Yasunari's Snow Country. I'd read that. In, I read that in English. Oh, nice. After I read it in English, got an idea of what's going on. Then I would, you know, then I and as I my Japanese reading level improved, then I would try to read the Japanese. So wow. to, today, to this day, that book is my most read book. I've read that book, I think five times now, six times wow. if you include reading it, reading it in English. I read it every few years. Every few That's years I'll awesome. pick it up. Every few years I'll pick up Snow Country, which is you keep What is it in about Japanese. what what's the what is it about that book that so attracts you? Um it is the main character is a piece of shit. Oh. Uh, the the <laughs> okay. two he, he's a debutante. He's not he's not a debutante. He's a dilettante, whatever. Like a rich boy, like a rich boy. Right. But he's already in his 30s and he's still acting like a Anyway, it's fine. It's it's not he's not evil. He's just kind of you know, Dumb. whatever. Yeah, he's not the greatest human being on the planet. And but he somehow like gets into this love triangle with these two other women in this small village, this small snow country winter village that he goes to to ski and probably escape his family life back in Tokyo. Um, apparently, he's like a mm-hmm. French literature, like like literary critic or something like that. Right. Uh, like a, that's a job no job in other words he comes from a rich family so he can have like a fluffy job this is like in 1930s japan like oh i see yeah I see. If, you're, if you're having this kind of fluffy job at that time like right yeah anyway right. so he goes into the countryside and then there's the two female lead characters and they are much more noble characters but they also have their issues too one is oh. like one is a kind of a countryside geisha and the other is taking care mm-hmm. of her sickly brother who's dying or sickly is it her brother or is it her, she was going to wed him, but she doesn't, I can't remember. But um, what I love about the book, wow. the story is not important. In, in fact, it's very, it's nonlinear and it's vague. And, but the language. Sounds like Murakami. <laughs> 
Yeah, but not. It's not so fantastical in that sense. It doesn't have that. Uh, one. It's it's definitely a little bit kind of a different. Although it is called the Shinkan. It was called the movement of writing at the time. Kawabata, right. Kawabata largely wrote the book through the 40s and the 50s. It was like serialized, so he largely wrote it through, I think, starting in the four, oh, wow. 40s through the 50s. It wasn't published till I think, the 60s or maybe the 50s. Maybe it's mostly, the, maybe it was the 50s. He died in the 60s, so it was probably in the 50s, 40s and 50s. Huh. But um, the movement of that writing style was called Shinkankakuha, and that means like basically new sensation. So what it was was that mm. it was a new way of writing. It was a very like visceral. One of the famous scenes in the book is the opening. And he talks about how the, um, he says in Japanese, it's, uh, it's so there's, it's, the landscape is covered in snow. And so he writes, I think it's, Yoru no soko, uh, Yoru no soko ga shiro, It's like the bottom of the night was white, meaning there's, you see, you see the night and then you can't see anything until you see the white snow wow. on the ground. So the bottom of the night. Oh, it's such an image. It's such an yeah. image. The bottom of the night was white. That's so yeah. cool. And that's how he wrote. He, he didn't write. There's a lot of snow on the ground. <laughs> you know? You know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so that was really, that style, that, that kind of almost visceral, like visually direct style was wow. really. Um, I got to pick it up. Yeah, I mean, you should read it. In the, the, tra- the, in the English. Yes, the translation's <laughs> amazing. The translation's translated. I forgot. He's famous. Uh, is it, uh, he's a famous uh, Edward something. I can't remember his name, but he's a famous translator. Right. It's either, right, right. Or was it Donald Keene? It was either Donald Keene or it was Edward. Oh, I know Donald Keene. Yeah, okay. yeah, passed away not too long ago. Became a Japanese citizen and yep. passed away not too long ago. Uh, but I don't yep. think it was Donald Keene. Donald Keene also is famous, too. I think more for commentary than translation, although I think he did translation too. It's right. Ed, Edwin or Edward something, Rye something, also very famous Got translator. If you get Snow Country in English, it's his translation, so you don't have to worry about that. But uh, cool. it's, it's a great translation. It's definitely worth a read. I don't think it's... Wow. Yes, the Japanese is... It's, it's the Japanese. It's the original. So that's amazing. But the book's amazing. So whether you read wow. it in Japanese or English. I will definitely um, check it out. Yeah, just a warning though that if you know, and I don't think this applies to you, but for some people who, if you're into like, you, you need you need very you know clear plot line and suspense and mystery and oh, action. Oh no no like no no! As soon as I be... read it, no, <laughs> I just finished reading um, the convenience store lady. Uh, I forgot her name now, but the young Japanese author who wrote about wrote the about being a convenience store woman. Circle. I read that. Yeah, she's weird. She's really yeah. weird. Can't have a relationship. Yeah, yeah she's just a weird person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was an interesting book. It just makes me laugh. Oh, that's it's funny that you read that, that. Yeah, it's like all this. Um, not you know, gonna like indirect. Not indirect exactly, but it, it's. I say Murakami-ish. I don't mean everybody sounds like Murakami. Well, it's a, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of inner life, right? It's totally about her yeah, inner life. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's not it's plot weird... heavy, really. It's no, it's not. Yeah. yeah. Well, most a lot of good it's literature. Really a lot of good literature is not very plot driven. That's what kind of makes yeah. literature different. People sometimes think, you know, like, oh, uh, uh, there's this movie is based on a famous book. I'll just watch the movie, but you're not going to get a lot of the internal no. monologue or no. you know from the because you can't you can't put that you in. Can't. I mean, I'm a I'm a Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Having um, having said that, fanatic, I love fanatic. I love films. I'm a cinephile. I'm not trying to. I just really? think they're different art forms. I'm a cinephile, but they're different art forms. Interesting. So Interesting. it's just you, you can you get different things from the different art forms. So I yeah. always get a little annoyed when people are like, you know, movie movies are better. No, they're not better anymore. No, no, no. It's any... a different thing. It's a different thing. Yeah, I'm different much thing. more of a of a reader, and especially mm-hmm. audiobooks. 
um, than I am a cinephile. Although, mm. like, like I have the Lord of the Rings DVDs, but the thing I go back to is the reading the, the trilogy, um, uh, reading all of it. I used to do it every year. I haven't done it for a couple of years, but I'm going to start doing to get it back again. Into it. I haven't, I haven't read Lord of the Rings since I was a child. I love I it. Like teeny, I really uh, love it. A, a I don't teenager. think the orcs are black people. I, I, I just really love it. I think it's great. Oh, I tell yeah. you another thing. You got to look at Good mm. Omens because I'm a Good Neil Omen. Gaiman fanatic. Okay. And All right. You talk about, uh, he's on Amazon Prime, I think. If you're a cinephile, oh my gosh, it is so good. As soon as, I'll just say, the opening is Adam and Eve, and they're dark-skinned my color, and they're in wow. the garden. And just, <laughs> nice. Neil, Neil, Neil has his problems and issues, but he makes... He tries, I don't, I don't want to say he makes the effort because I don't think it's an effort for him. He writes dark-skinned peoples very, very well. He's a okay, really, he's a I very... Never knew, I never knew that about him, but I, I mean, yeah, I, know, yeah. I, I know who Neil, Neil, Neil Gaiman is. I haven't read anything by him. I think I've seen yeah, some things that have been adapted into like movies or into series by right, him, but I haven't right. directly watched, he's really, uh, read anything uh, by him. He's a good guy. He came, I met him years ago he came to japan years and years ago like and had a day or something so he sort of kind of lotteried it out to his blog which i haven't been reading his blog a lot recently but uh and he said you know i'm gonna be in tokyo for a few hours and because uh, at that time it's probably true now but i haven't been checking his blog was so lively with fans and people you know so i was being one of them uh i jumped up and i was like i'll help you and <laughs> And we ended nice. up wandering around Tokyo and it just, he's just a, he's a genuinely good, thoughtful human. You know That's what I cool. mean? Like, well, there's a few cool he, science he does, fiction writers. Yes. Yeah. When you read their, when you read their stuff, all you think about, all you think is they care about the future and androids and weird, you know, which is fine. I love science fiction. So whatever yeah, space and android and, and, and where there's humanity more. is going but it was interesting i had a chance in um in 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 college to hear uh william gibson speak at my college. how was that uh, how was and the that thing experience? is the thing is what was interesting about it was that what people don't realize about william gibson is that one of his causes that he's always worked on was computer education in in the inner city so he wasn't just writing, really? you know. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he's famous for his neuromancer and all that, all his books, you know. And right, he loves, and right. I think he loves to use a lot of J Japan and Asia in his in his science fiction yes. pop culture landscape. But yeah, and 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 uh, and um, we're sitting there, and he's he, he speaks for some time, and then you know he takes questions. I can't remember exactly what he talked about. It was a long time ago, but but I had I know I had known he was coming, so I did some research about him. And everyone else was asking about his books and all his stuff and his science fiction, his idea of the future and science fiction right. landscape. And I asked him about his, um, I said, uh, it's interesting how I asked him, so you're writing, you know, you're, 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 you're a science fiction writer, you write about these certain things, but you've also taken an interest in like computer education in inner city. Like, how does that, how, do, how do those two things connect for you? And he was Wow. I think he said something a little bit. I don't really remember his answer exactly, but he did say a little bit about, you know, he, he that that 
exposure to technology was what got him into becoming a science fiction writer. And he felt that that was important. That if you're not exposed to technology, then you can't, how are you, you know, how are you going to stake your place in this economy or this world? You know, things like that. Wow. I can't remember exactly. It was over 20 years ago. That's right. Uh, yeah. It was really interesting. And the thing is the article, the art, Ooh. I had found the article or I, it wasn't, was it on the internet at the time? I found something. I found some article okay. that was written about his projects and one of the things he had noted was he'd noted during the rodney king riots that that looters would you know uh, people were like breaking into stores and taking clothes or radios or things like that and he said there was like a it probably wasn't an it wasn't an apple store but it was like a computer store and he said like it had macintoshes and it was left untouched and he found uh, that and he found that really sad not that he wanted the place to be looted but he was like a no, sad but sign no we value were, yeah that 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 those people couldn't see the value in technology and how technology right. could you know get them to go places and i just thought that was really interesting, interesting. and i was really kind of moved by the fact that this what i perceive as like a dry white science fiction writer you know not dry right. i mean i, I like some yeah of his yeah stuff, well but dry he's in the not, sense of you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, well, you, when you think about Star Trek, not Star Trek, Star Wars, no, mm -hmm. I always do that. Is it Star Trek? It's Gene are you Roddenberry. So you think about Gene Roddenberry, yeah. I know you think about Gene Roddenberry, I mean, right? Yeah. That dude wasn't dry. I mean, he, he didn't seem to be a kind of dry person, but he had a vision, mm -hmm. you know? And that, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, here's the thing. We've strayed so far from that vision in so many ways, even though we have all this internet power and we have all the, we have these amazing devices and all of that, but the vision is based on an internal value or an internal framework that I think we need to bring back. And obviously it's not just Gene Roddenberry. I mean, Octavia Butler knew the deal, you know, Ursula K. Le Guin knew the deal. Um, so many of these amazing science fiction and science you know, fantasy writers were writing stuff that it's not just cautionary tales. It's actually like future markers, you know, um, th those who walk away from Omalas. Have you read that? The Ursula K. Le, Le Guin? Um, uh, no, I'm, uh, well, fantasy I'm reading. I'm reading right now. I have on audiobook uh, Ursula K. Le Guin's uh, Earthsea, the first book in the Earthsea series. Oh my God, I love Earthsea so much. I have to get much. in. I'm, I'm still trying to get into it. I'm not. I'm still like it's good, but I'm still not like you know. There's a point when you start reading something and then you start. It snaps. It clicks. It hasn't yes. clicked yet. It hasn't clicked, yet. and it's just because I haven't gotten for far enough. Right, into it right, yet. It's right. I hope it does yet. click for you. Oh, I'm, I love Earthsea. Left Hand of Darkness is like a one of those key. I got to read it again type books. Mm -hmm. um, Wild Seed, Octavia's Wild Seed. I mean, well, we're both kind of, I won't say science fiction, fantasy mavens, but we both oh, like. Oh, I, I love it. Oh, yeah. Love right? It, love it. I mean. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm further away from it now as an adult, but when I was a teenager, science fiction oh, fantasy was Absolutely. the genre. Science Absolutely. fiction fantasy. Yeah. I mean, you just. It, how did people even? I mean, Asimov, bless his crazy heart. Yeah. Asimov was amazing, and the uh, dude wrote. They're doing. Like, they're doing how Apple, many Apple, books? Apple TV. Apple TV next year is going to have their Foundations TV series. No. Yep, no. 
Yeah. Ooh, and they're doing honey, a, a, doing a mm. and 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 Harry Harry Seldon's going to be played by Jer, Jared Harris, a great British actor. If you've ever watched Mad Men or anything? He's yeah, a, no, he's, I a, didn't he's a son of Richard that. Harris. Richard Harris is the very famous oh, British, yeah, that really? very you know passed away a few years ago, but that very famous British actor. Yeah. Uh, he's the son, oh, and he does his father that. no shame. That guy's also a great actor in his own right. Like excellent. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so you know I. <laughs> Oh, I'm so the set ready. design and the style. It's like oh, obviously like it's, out. obviously it's with the set design and technology and style that we have today. You know the abilities course, we have today. Course, course. But you can still they they I sense I think they've captured that that foundationy feeling of it or something. I mean it's yes. only I'm only seeing the trailer. I'm not seeing any. You know it's not out yet. So yeah yeah yeah. But the energy you could you could. Oh, say, I'm man, excited. Foundation. I tried to reread it recently, and I couldn't. I, it didn't have the effect on me it had on me when I, you know, years the, ago when I read, the read it. The first book is more just shorts. I think he becomes a better writer and he becomes more of a long form novel writer. I think when you get to maybe not even this, not even maybe not even Foundation and Empire and Second Foundation, more um, right. when you get to the books that he wrote years later after the first three. He, right, uh, right, found, right. Foundation, Foundation and Earth and Foundation and... They were the later novels. Those feel right. more like novels. The first, in fact, the first foundation novel is a, is is actually serialized. It's, it's actually, like vignettes or something. Yeah, it's serialized, and so you can kind of sense, you can tell that the characters don't. Right. The through line with the characters right. is Didn't not as strong. Didn't hang together. I mean, it's, the yeah. the imagination is amazing, but the my feeling of being swept yeah. away when it gets I recently better, tried to read it. I think I think Foundation and Empire and found and Second Foundation become a little bit more that's that space opera space operatic right. novelist novel right yeah yeah right and then he has a great his uh, his other series that's great is the, his robot series so now i couldn't get into that at all i gotta oh, try man. again one of my favorite things about the robot series is that he came up with the laws of robotics so yes, yes, yes. Law, law first law of robot robotics uh, robots shall not harm humans Right. Uh, second right. law of robotics: robots shall uh, um, uh, robots shall uh, ob- obey humans. Uh, right. Third law of robotics: robots shall not harm themselves. Right. So right. the characters go through this whole story, right? And it's written a little bit on almost like a mystery thriller style. It's not right. pure. It, it is science fiction, but it's more of a mystery th- thriller style. I can't remember the exact story anymore. But the main character robot goes through a bunch of stuff and transformation. And the coolest thing about it is they come up with the robots eventually end up doing something that you would think. Basically, if they break the three laws, they they short circuit, right? They they can't. They're designed so they can't break the three laws. They break it, they right. short circuit out. But the robots, the two main character robots, end up breaking the, one of the laws. But the reason they were able to do it is because they were able to come up with the zeroth law. They figured out how to justify what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And basically, the zeroth law says that robots shall not do anything to harm humanity. So when to, so when the robots had to kill a particular person, they're like, "How could you? How could they kill him?" And they could kill him because they knew that person was harming humanity. Was going to harm him. Yeah, it's iRobot, right? iRobot's the collection of short stories based in that world, but also it's oh, right, called right, um, right. It's the robot series, and it has it's, right. It has like it's also like a three book series or something. It has these other titles. I think I, I, read... I never read iRobot. I've only read like, or maybe huh. I've only read like a story out of iRobot. I've read the. I should give that a look again. Yeah. I do I do want to read more than I have been because I think you know we we seem to be living in tumultuous times 
<laughs> so, you know, reading can sometimes yeah. give you a, a framework, like a perspective to look at things where you're not just in the rage or upset of the moment, but kind of able to look beyond it. And I think I, I, I should pick up on some of these, some of these things again. I like a lot of contemporary um, uh, science fiction and fantasy writers. I like uh, Nim. I always screw up her name. Uh, uh, N.K. N.K. Jameson. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, Nemison? yes. Am I getting that right? Je- like Jemison. 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 She's yeah. she's quite. I really like uh, the world she created. I read her. It. I read her first series or the first book in her like her the her debut or her breakout. It was good. The hundredth. Yeah, the hundredth sons or hundredth whatever it was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was good. Like, I don't like, know if I, I. It didn't really get me into wanting to read more and more. I, I, I still, I, I, I stay, I still may because I know she's very talented and people have said good right. things about the following books too. Yep. Yeah. Um. Um. How do we? Wait, yeah, but we speaking went? of tumultuous times. <laughs> that was a very I, nice segue. <laughs> black lives. Lives matter. Fucking matter, people. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So Holy Japan. Man. So yeah. Holy you, moly. You went to the march, right? You participated. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't able to go because yes. of work, but yeah. Yes, uh, Yoyogi Cohen March. What's your What's your What was your quick What's your quick summary? Or it doesn't have to be quick. What's your What's your take on the march? And I mean, first of all, I I'm looking at the march in Japan in the context of the marches in the States and, mm-hmm. and overseas as well. But obviously, politically, uh, I'm much more connected to the States. Um, and I was heartened. I really was. I, I felt, um, first of all, 3,500 people, that's a lot of people coming out to... And short notice, relatively short notice. And short too. notice, that's right. Yeah. And coming out to show solidarity, even if they didn't Negroes, even they completely don't know... know <laughs> Exactly. And, and even if they didn't have the deep understanding, that's okay. They, they, and obviously it's Japan, so everything was very orderly because that's how Japan is. Mm. But I thought it was great. I, I was very, I just felt like, wow, I, I would not have thought that we would have had that many people, to be honest. And it doesn't mean, oh, you know, I mean, people here don't seem to be as outwardly focused on politics. Although, yeah, um, the Iraq war, I don't know if you were, you, you must have been here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Iraq war parade, uh, or anti-war parades, were mm-hmm. massive, if anything, even bigger. Up, and I remember walking up um, from, I lived in Shibuya at that time, and walking up to Harajuku, and it was raining and it was like wretched weather. And it was an anti-war demonstration. I, I think it was like, I don't know, 10,000 people or something up by uh, Takeshidori and um, uh, Nantino. And um, What's the, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, uh, the Meiji Jingu. Meiji Jingu. And I'm standing there and it's raining. And I, you know, I don't like umbrellas. So I'm getting rained on. And this lovely... Um, Japanese couple, not a little, I mean, younger than me, but not kids, come over and they just moved to me and just held the umbrella above me. And mm-hmm. I, it just, it was like, wow, like, yeah, 
Well, we this, talked about yesterday or the other day when we were talking about how like there are people who are, I think my weird analogy was they're on their own little life raft. They're actually waiting to get yes. off the life raft. Like they want to, yes. they want to be involved. They care. They do. I, I've they always do. been interested in seeing like the subtle finding like the subtle like allies or surprising people in Japan. You never know. Yes. Like yes, you never know. Uh, like it's I've, true. Yeah, it's I've had true. friends who've like suddenly said things, and usually when people suddenly say things, it's terrible things. But have suddenly, <laughs> ex- yeah, well, you know, oftentimes. But I've had friends suddenly espouse something. I'm like, you, you, what? You know about that, or you're into that? And they're like, yes, and I can't yep. believe. And it's like, really? Yep. Like, like you know, yep. if you saw the person, they're like a sweet, you know, middle aged housewife or something, or you know, like, yep. like you don't imagine, but they're like into whatever it is. I, I can't think of a specific example, but. Yeah, no, no, but it's true. You and you know, you know, I mean, I'm a, you're a citizen he- here. No, I'm a are, right? permanent resident. I'm not a citizen. You're a resident. I'm a permanent I'm resident. A... You, you have permanent residency oh. too, don't you? Yeah. No, I don't have a permanent residency. I never are went you... for it. Um, you, but it's like all... every five years that I go and I get the thing. Oh, done, okay. Okay. I probably will go for permanent so residency. So is your, is your, spo- your sponsorship is through Apple? Yeah, now it is. Yeah. It used to be through my own company. Now it's yeah, through Apple. Yeah. But, uh, which makes it, you know, it's trivial to it's go and trivial, do it. yeah. But, um, but what's interesting is that I don't. I have had to reassess my assumptions about Japanese people in general, mm. and that march was part of my reassessment. People don't necessarily participate in a lot of. I don't want to say activism or politics you know what i mean like it doesn't seem but i think folks talk amongst their families and friends at home i i I don't know that this is not a topic of conversation for people as evidenced by 3500 people showing up in this you know yeah you know what i'm saying i think people i have had enough conversational experience yeah i've had enough experience to know that Sometimes with even like really close Japanese friends, they have told me, though, that right. the first time that they've talked about and not even like politics that might have to do with 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 America or black people or or something that's right. not very familiar to Japan, but even their own politics, like they just don't talk about it. And there's a lot of disin- there's a lot of disinterest. There's a lot of um, uh, they're not cynical. It, they're not. It's not that dry cynicism that you might find like from Americans or particularly like, British people or like, you know, that like that dry cynicism. It's more just. It all seems kind of complicated or, you know, it's like, or there's nothing we can really do to affect it or Shogunai effect. Shogunai. Japan is peaceful, so it's all good. Like, but, you know, I've always told, I tell a lot of Japanese friends, I'm like, look, if, if you think, I get it. Your natural impulse is for uh safety and certainty and don't rock the boat and if you follow the rules and if everybody goes along it'll all be fine japan has been fine so far with that and in fact japan's behavior comes from the fact that over 70 years ago they decided to go the opposite way and act crazy and and go on a great and people were like oh no we're not doing that yeah go on a great (laughs) grand imperial adventure and basically destroy the country so i understand the one, the, the natural conservatism in, inherent in Japanese culture, despite the fact that they ran themselves into World War II and, and so on. Right. But I right. understand that. But also, I think that lesson of that has not left the country's psyche. And I think. Well, for good reason. Yeah. For, We're for never going to forget COVID-19. 
or the Trump era, yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah. And so I think a lot of Japanese behavior towards that is informed by that. And what's happened with that is that it's informed educational policy so that there's not a lot of teaching about politics and even history in a deep sense in Japan and schools. And there's not a lot of discuss discussion. It's been, hey, let's focus on after World War Two, let's just focus on rebuilding the country. So in order to rebuild the country, right. we need a smart, right. we need an educated, smart at math and, you know, learning things and and diligent about, literate and diligent about work. That's the population right. we need. We need to rebuild the country by rebuilding the country. That's how we're going to reenter the international world. Right. That's how we're going to get back on the world stage. So I understand right. that impulse. But Japan has had right. this like now 20, almost 20, almost 30 year, like kind of slow rot, slow decline. Look, it's very, it's still very comfortable here. There's still very many wonderful things about this society and how they run their country. But if, you, if, and even Japanese people say it, if, if you don't think it's kind of rotting from the inside, then you've not been paying attention. Everyone's concerned yeah. about it, but it's so slow and the decline is right. so subtle that I think it's hard for people to really take action and move to change and so yeah, for example yeah. a lot of the biggest issues are like for example gender roles in japan like the oh the, gosh the vast underutilization of women in the in the workforce it's incredible in the, in, the, in the political in the political structures in the power making structures of the country in the economic generation of the country it's incredible and shameful and it's unbelievable and it's the lack really, of immigration and there's no and reason all for these it things. at all i mean it's, it's well like, I don't get it's, it. Like, well, because you know? then the, there's no in order to get there, you gotta things have to get rough. You know, in order for Amer for we're going through Black Lives Matter right now, but we let's not forget that in the through the 40s, 50s, and 60s, like the civil rights movement, like the riots and the and the and the and the and the marches and the and the clashes yeah, right. and the killings right. and the lynchings and the you know in the institutionalized the destruction of, of horrible institutions of racism and. And then they're rising again and then having to be destroyed again. And all these things that we've had these tumultuous experiences in the United States. You know, that's yes, indeed. It took a civil war to get rid of bonding people in enslavement. Then it took. Yeah, it took another hundred years after that to get people to even have voting rights that are equivalent and not have to yeah. sit at separate counters and all that bullshit. And today we're still fighting to not have a knee on our neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Exactly. You know, so exactly. I'm not. And I don't want. Japan, I don't want Japan to blow up. Here. I don't want Japan mm -hmm. to blow up per se. No. But I do no. want more courage. I think Japan needs more societal courage, because we've often talked right. about. Me and you have talked about how there's so many beautiful things about this country, and it's like that could be used so much better towards yep. improving, actually improving the country rather than all this like yep. weird ass like. Weirdest insecure pride, like the conservative Japanese yes. politicians. The things it's they get so all the, the, mixed oh, and it's, it's so just insecure. A very... It's so like, like uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I think what 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 what's his position? I think he's fine. Is he finance minister right now? Aso. Oh, Aso. Oh yeah. gosh, that yeah. guy. Best, by the way, best name ever for someone you need to tease. So, anyways, this this uh. Aso, this Aso decided to. Um, <laughs> Uh, low hanging fruit. People, people may <laughs> not know that as yeah. asshole is actually asshole. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. His <laughs> name, his name is Aso Taro in the Japanese pronunciation, but it sounds like yeah. asshole, and he is an asshole, and so it's okay. He's a, so anyway, not, a, not an admirable person. This, yeah. <laughs> so this guy starts talking about how 
he talks about he he and the Japan Times had an article about this. He bring mm-hmm. he brings up Japan's reason for like having relatively contained the COVID yes. issue to mindo, which means like the 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 civil level Mind of the Japanese dope. people. Yeah, yes. it's like it's like yes. please, and he's you know it's just like it's all it's all this like weird ass like instead of instead of concerning yourself about the 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 the, the high quality of the civility of the Japanese people, if you figured something out, if you really have figured something out in your policies, perhaps a better way to express your national pride it would be to share it with the rest of the world to work in cooperation rather than this. Yeah, constant... but he would say it's impossible because the rest of the world isn't isn't Japanese. So yeah. The mindo, the mindo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. has he never been in a karaoke space yeah, right nah. after they close? Yeah. What kind no, of? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, nah. are you, what are you talking about? You've, Japanese people are human beings just like everybody else. Yeah. And have the same Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. They I'm express just, yeah. A, a lot of it differently, but come on. This sad insecurity, this constant insecurity is so bothering. Like, if you're comfortable in your own skin, you don't need to... You don't uh, have the need to... Yeah. 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 There's always this, this, like... inferiority complex. It's uh, it's like, that's your problem. Go see a counselor. Go fucking see a shrink. I ain't no time for your insecurities. They won't do that. But, you know, that is also an older guard. Yeah. And... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I actually shouldn't speak much on Japanese politics because I only know it from a very surface level because um, my mind is so focused because I can't vote here anyway. Mm-hmm. So th- my mind is so focused on what's happening in the States. Yeah. But I will say, I think this awareness here is, it can only be a good thing. The awareness yeah. that this culture that you guys, many of you love so much, the blues and jazz and hip hop and so on and so forth mm-hmm. comes from a place that you, if you're a quality person, you want to know more. Yeah. Rather than this just shallow, we talked about this, you know, this paper thin kind of shallow understanding mm-hmm. where you're going to go spend $800 to get dreads, you know, I mean, do you do you do you remember the Japanese word that the admiration the word that meaning admiration? Ah, wait a minute! Wait 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 wait! Oh, got it? No, you're close, I'll... close, close. Not bad, close. I I didn't you, write you, it down. You're you're, you're, you're you're there. You you have the right number of syllables. You're only making a mistake in the second syllable. It's I'll... close. It's not ta. The first one, the first is right. So you got ah. So it's, it's uh, 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 uh. So you have uh, the first oh, one. Ah. Uh, mm. Ato? Ato? No, it's not after. Uh, ako? Got mm-hmm. it? Yep, there you go. Ako got it. Is that ako got it? You got it. Ako got it. You got it. Oh, no, it's amazing. You're a very, thank you, sensei. Oh, <laughs> ako got it. I really think that that's real, you know, like, it's just, it's a strange, it's strange. Uh, And again, I'm saying this with love for the culture. Obviously, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here all this long if there wasn't a lot to love here. But I think as humans in every culture, we need to step up. We got pandemics. We have racism. Mm-hmm. We have sexism. We have this whole batch of right-wing thinking people who think that they 
can continue winning. Yeah. And they think they can continue winning and they think that the rest of us, you know, g- getting what's rightfully ours is like a loss for them. And, they, and it's exactly. not. It's not. Exactly. Nobody's envisioning exactly. that world. And the reason why, and I'm always thinking like, the reason why you think that way is because that's what you would do to everybody. That's what you have done it, to everybody. So you're you. so afraid that thank the you. admission you need to make is that you think we're going to do to you what you've done to us and are doing to us. And what you would do to us if you were in the same situation. Yeah. And it doesn't mean... <sighs> It says, it's this mindset thing. Who's the lady who did the work on mindset? Fixed mindset and um, expansive, is that the right word? Expansive mindset, where the world has a finite amount of mm. possibility. And then I'm not talking about resources. Oh, sorry. I'm not talking about natural resources. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. not talking about that. I'm talking about human ingenuity and yeah. human ability to care for one yeah. another. That, there's a, that is yeah. not finite. There's a uh, there's a male political scientist. Has he recently passed away, or is he still around? Robert Putnam. He talks about uh, oh. human human capital. Oh so, wow! Yeah, well, I, so I should read him. Yeah. So his idea. He did a famous kind of a famous book and research case study on Italy, and he looked at why like northern Italy was more economically advanced than southern Italy. And one of his mm-hmm. arguments for it was human capital. That in northern Italy. The institutions, the bureaucracy, the 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 infrastructure, the the because Northern Italy had had an influx of like the the ship the ships coming in from the for, uh, influx of trade ships coming in from the Middle right. East, people coming in from other parts of Europe, so they had to develop a bit better civil society, and then um, mm. yeah, is it human capital or is it civil capital? What was it called? Maybe it's not human capital, but anyway, it's and and he mentioned that and then in the in southern Italy and a lot of this is very broad and I've never been to Italy so I'm not trying to I'm just trying to give Robert Putnam's framework as a as a way of thinking. If you're from Italy and I understand if you have <laughs> issues with what I'm trying to say, I'm not a I'm I don't speak Italian. I've never been there. Um, sound, seems like a lovely place. Right. Want, want to go? But uh, the idea that in southern Italy, for example, Sicily, places like that, there's very strong familial connections but not a lot of but civil society is weaker so you know you you go to the you go to the city office to get your permit and you got to pay a bribe or if you don't get it unless you know unless you know your dad is friends with the guy you know if your uncle is friends with that guy who's working behind the counter it's this whole thing that when you have a society that has a lot of um uh kind of civil resources then even if you don't know each other for example japan right like Right. When you go to when you go to uh, renew your license or something in Japan, you're not paying anyone a right. bribe. You know, there's no you don't have to know somebody no. to get something. You know, you just go and right. here are the rules. Here's the payment. Here's the forms <clears throat> to fill out. It happens. Right. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. And it's right. that that idea. That's the whole idea of like, it's not. Is it is it human capital? It's some kind of cap. It's something capital. I definitely I'm, I put it on my on my reading list. You've Robert, given me a lot. To, yeah. Robert, Put, <laughs> Robert, Robert, Putnam, Robert Putnam. I'm doing a very bad job of like it's very it's a very broad summary. But the idea of, huh, you know, your societal resources and whether or not your society. It's great to have personal connections, but you have you also have to have a society that can function even when people don't know each other. And that's what, yeah. You know, and and that's what yeah. the, that is what the difference is between oftentimes when you find rural areas are conservative and urban areas are more open-minded and more more progressive. The reason why it's not because everyone in the city is so much better than people in the countryside. It's not that. It's that when you're in a city, you're exposed to so many different kinds of people, and they affect your life. 
right? right. These, there's so right. many people going past you that you don't know. And, you, and we still have to be able to live with each other, live together without, you know, constantly fighting each other or, or being suspicious of each other or, you know, right. or, you know right. hurting exactly. each other or taking yeah. things from each other. One and would hope. In the countryside, in smaller communities, you have that through the personal relations. That's great, too. That's why people go, some people, you know, cherish the small town they grow up in and people continue to live in small towns. I can see that being lovely, too. But mm-hmm. uh, you, it's hard to develop the institutions of, of how do you deal with people who are different from you? How do you deal with someone who comes from outside? When you're right. a small town and right. all you know is your community members and someone moves in from outside, sure, it's people make the argument, oh, good. small towns are friendly. They're friendly when one family moves in. What happens when 20 people who happen to be former refugees from Somalia move into your community? What are exactly. you going to do about that? What, what exactly. tools do you have? And you know, those, those country places have their fair share of killings and murders and love That's triangles and That's all that too. other crap yeah. as well. They try yeah. to do the picket fence or whatever, you know, the idyllic, <laughs> it's idyllic depending on who you are and not idyllic to the maids. It's not idyllic to the, I mean, that's the thing. And I'm talking about America. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to read this Robert Putnam book because this sounds really, really interesting material. But there, I got into a fight on, on Twitter, which I, I really need to stop doing that. But some guys bopping around talking about, um, yeah, you know, in the in the in the fifties, and you know, we 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 were a cohesive society because we knew um, we had to band together and I, and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're talking about white people. I said, yeah, you need to take a second and just mm-hmm. realize. Also, you were you were of- you were banding together and having your idyllic life because you were treating a whole segment of your society like it's animals. Exactly, so. it's the law. It's the it's those who walk away from Omelas. Le Guin is a genius mm. on such a high level. It, it the sniveling, poor, badly treated person in the basement who gives. It, I mean, I'm not saying black people are that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying in her story, um, who, who the arrangement is this horribly treated person in the basement means all these other people can live well. So yeah. what we're saying now is, uh, uh-uh. uh. A, tell the truth about who you're talking about. That's all I'm saying. Tell the truth that you're talking about white people. And I got all this pushback. This guy's like, so first he brings up a picture of that idiot um, heart doctor. What the heck's his name now? Uh, uh, the, the, black, uh, the black guy who yeah, ran the, for president the other a few idiot years ago. Yeah. Who thinks he's Jesus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's a brilliant, uh, or he's a neuro, isn't he like a, neuro, a children's Supposedly neuro, a brilliant neuro, yeah, I don't want that man near my brain, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so, he, so he shoots off this picture. I don't ever say all anybody. And, um, and then he's yeah. bringing up all these pictures of yeah. these absolutely wretched black people who think yeah. being Republican is a good idea. The six or seven of them. And I said, and that means what? Yeah. By the way, just because I've now remembered or I've, I looked it up on my phone, it's social capital. Social capital. Right? Okay. Yeah. It's going to bother me. I'm gonna I'm human capital. That. that sounds like a corporate, you know, like human capital, like human resources. <laughs> it's social capital. That's social the, capital. Okay. If you type in Robert, if you type in Robert that Putnam, it, that's the first thing that comes up is social capital. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. do you know that Japanese philosopher? I, I call him a philosopher. I guess he's a Japanese intellectual. This guy named Ken Mogi. Mogi? Huh, I don't think so. Although um, He's the one who wrote the book called Ikigai. 
okay yeah okay yeah 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 and he sometimes does um videos in english mm-hmm. mogi mogi kenichiro i think is yeah 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 mogi kenichiro i'm Maybe. very curious what you think of that guy mm. <laughs> i because i mean we don't have to talk about it now mm-hmm. but um so ikigai that whole idea i haven't read the book yet yeah but it's in it's interesting when people uh, he's not a philosopher he's a scientist he's a scientist he's like a neuro yeah he's a brain scientist he's, yeah he's like a neuroscientist yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah. No he's, yeah he's talking about um the the differences some differences between japanese people before mm-hmm. tourism mm. and then japanese people after tourism and how tourism has given Japanese people as a whole the sense that it's okay to share our deepest secret foods or cultures mm-hmm. or things like that. The things that we never would, as, as a nation, we wouldn't have shared before because we would have had to make something special for the tourists, right? So Guy Kokojin come. And then they have to have this type of food or this. Yeah. I'm not saying exactly. No, right. but like, it's interesting. Actually, he a lot says of, it's changing. Lo- he says it's changing. Uh-huh. You know? I think uh, uh, Japan is not the only country that has that kind of that, that sometimes has that kind of behavior. I think a lot of Asian countries have that ha- have had that in the past uh, towards huh. especially Westerners, especially especially particularly uh, when when white or European Westerners or foreigners come to their country that they feel sh- right. ashamed. There's was, cause if you were colonized or under the threat of colonization, there was a point where in order to civil, in order to become civilized, that meant wearing suits and, you know, and, and, uh, and building railroads name? throughout your country the Miyagi, and learning and, e- and eating with a knife and fork. So things Japanese were embarrassing backwards, something that'd be huh. hidden. Um, so there is. He, I th- I he's think, saying that's changing now. Yeah, yeah. I understand what he's they're saying. They're feeling yeah. like they can just be themselves. Yeah, and so I'm saying there's a realization. There's been a realization for a while now, not just through tourism, that right foreigners like the Japanese things. Like the, the, they're yeah. not, it's like if you came to Japan 40 years ago and Japanese people were trying to like be like you know like oh uh, um you know uh, uh, Harisu-san is coming to our house, so we have to make hamburger or something. Like he doesn't want to eat hamburger. He came to Japan. I mean, okay, unless he's like really picky and can't eat raw food or something. Yes, I obviously there's a worry about that. But you can still find something that's Japanese that's, you know. Give him some curry you know, rice. Yeah, or something. <laughs> but there was a time, I think, when people thought like, yeah, we'll do some like shitty rendition of Western food. And that's because that'll make right. the Westerner comfortable. And it's like, and other countries have this too. So it's right. not only Japan. Right. It's, 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 right, that's a good point. It's, that's it's, a good point. It's largely gone away now. I think most cu- cultures and countries have, found resurgence in pride of their local cuisine or their local culture or their local martial arts right. or their local art right. or whatever it is, right? So I think that's largely changed. But I do see what he's saying, and I think that's mm. interesting. I never thought about strongly the tourist connection, but I can see how that's... And how the result would be people who are open to thinking more deeply about themselves and they don't need Nihonjin Rong, you know, the whole, like, culture of kind of overdoing it, <laughs> it comes well Japan, the Hongjin like, known is essentially, oh, the Japanese. essentially you know, there is this... something innate and unique to Japanese and that's what makes them Japanese rather than you know the fact right. that well right. yes you all live together and you have this history and you've developed this culture because you live together it doesn't mean that if you take a baby who's you know 
a Japanese baby. Or if you take a black baby, you know, and mm. bring and, and have them ra- have that black baby raised by Japanese people from the time of their birth. What do you think is their native language going to be? What do you think their perspective on life is going to be? It's going to be what their you raise them. Food, what, yeah. the, the, the whole. I mean, yeah. and we have they. We have bunches of people. We like have a bunch of them in our company. Yeah, they, right. That, exactly. Yes, when you when we look at them, they're black or they're half black, but their first language is clearly Japanese. The, yep. the way they view the yep. world, they understand. They're not ignorant of how Japanese world has looked at them. They know that, but they also, through their own eyes, when they're not reminded all the time of their skin color, <laughs> their race, they right. largely see the world very similarly to their fellow Japanese. Yep. They, Grew up here yep. and they're educated. And so it's, here. it's true. It's true. You know. And it's, it's a perfectly reasonable thing. I mean, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. There's nothing did, wrong with Did that. you see, do you know that video? Um, I don't know if you do links. <laughs> do you know that video where it's uh, three or four friends, all different ethnicities, who go to a restaurant? Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah. And that the person, is yeah. so brilliant. I've, I've, had many, I've had many versions of that. So, really? yeah, one time I was walking with my uh, friends from San Francisco. They were visiting Japan and they're right. all they're all they're all they're all Asian Americans. So Chinese, Vietnamese, uh, whatever mix of Asian American. Right. And so right. we're all walking together and and uh, I guess we're trying to cross the street in Shinjuku or something. And it was kind of flashing red or something. And, and the, the police were kind of like, hey, you know, like, don't cross, like, you know, wait for it to turn green or, you know, stop. And and they come up to us. And the first thing is like they start talking to like my friend and like and he's just like and he's like like looking like he's like he's like looking over at me he's like yo terrence like mm. and the cop looks over going. at me once and i'm like i look at the cop i'm like hi like so and what and he's like he kind of tries to look back at my friend again and my friend kind of like again like kind of points his eyes over at me and then the cop <sighs> is just like you know the light was turning red. You need to make sure. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, thank you for letting us know. <laughs> you know thank you for letting me know. Yeah, wow. It's like, I'm like, wow. mm-hmm, I understand what you're saying. And he's just like, it's mm. like, oh, man. It's Didn't like, like that at the, all. Fu- the funny thing to me about that is that I love how Japanese people are so often so into about being Japanese and talking to people who look different from them differently, right? Yeah. But they right. can't even tell. They claim they're so, they're so Japanese and they know so much about Japan because they're Japanese and they can't tell when other Asians are not Japanese. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, this is the thing. My, do, what about my friends? Yes, they're East Asian. So they're, I guess, in, 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 in typical generic uh, racial terms, I guess they're yellow and they have dark hair and they have right, Asian, Asian right. phenotype features. But they're clearly not Japanese. Like they're not dressed all he like had Japanese. To do they don't have was a vibe. Address the whole group. Yeah, that's all, all he had, had to do. do. That's all if he, he wasn't sure, address the whole group in Japanese, yeah. and whoever speaks Japanese is going to respond to you. It's easy. But it was just it's funny so though. Hard. But he was looking so hard. I mean, I've had this stuff happen to me all the time. I've gone into restaurants, wow. the group of people. They ask me how many people in your party. I say, there's seven people in my party. The next thing, the guy, the next thing he does is that he sees that my friend behind me, a little bit behind me in the party is Japanese. He looks immediately at that guy, ignores yeah. me. I was talking to him. He was looking yeah. at me. The next minute he looks away over at my Japanese friend straight into his eyes. Can I get yeah. a phone number? Can I get your phone number? And I was just like, uh, 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 I was just uh, talking to you. Like uh, you came up to me, you asked me how many people were in in our party in in your party. I answered. I just responded to you but in his, Japanese. His brain just went, nope. I gotta find the nearest Japanese person. I found the nearest Japanese person. Now it's good. Now I can talk. It's uh, like really. 
it's really it's really annoying yeah it it's was really, so shocking I mean, it's an it's, and I was so angry, it's just, but my friends didn't pick up on it, so I just let it go. Like I was, so, and to this day, I'm still so annoyed about that. It's such a small thing, but a, I hate, I hate losing those. Like you lose those small, not battles, but those yep. small moments. It's a microaggression. It's a <sighs> microaggression. It's like, uh, and they don't even know. Yeah, like they a, don't even. It doesn't even occur. I, you know, I insist. My Japanese isn't great, but I insist if I know the answer. And I'm the one who's in charge of whatever it is. I will answer. Like, yeah. I, you're going to look at me yeah. and you're going to talk to me. Yeah. You're going to. Oh, I love that. I love that about I you. Respect. I love that about you at work. My favorite thing is to see the Japanese person like their face and they're just like. Ah. <laughs> and then. <laughs> but and I'm then, not trying to scare them. No, you're not. But, they're, but you can see it in them. And then you can see the transition when they go. Oh, this person, <laughs> this person knows her shit. And you can see yeah, the transition well. where they're like. I can see it like in their eyes, like there's a, like Ugh. I can see that sense of like, they, they like their sense of respect or acknowledgement of you. I can just see yeah. it. I love, see, I've seen it several times when, 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 when someone has, Hey, can you call the business team? You know, and, and you come out on the floor and you can see their moment. Like the, like, that moment. It was like, Cause they were so ah! hoping, they were so hoping when they got the whole G Madoguchi, a Japanese person was going to come out. Like they were like, okay, it's Apple, but they got a few Japanese people working up with this motherfucker. Right? Like, you know, ah! that was their like whole thing. Not maliciously, oh. but just like comfort zone-ish. You know, you can just see the, the thing vibe. is, it's the funny. thing is, if they're, if they're deep in dialect and I, and I don't understand them, I have no problem calling over one of my Japanese colleagues to help. Cause and I, and I don't even you, mean... the thing, the thing they need is they need the knowledge I have. Yeah. So let's try to get the communication bridge yeah. working yeah. so I yeah. can help you. If yeah. I can handle all the Japanese myself, I do it myself. Yeah. And they usually, in the end, they're okay. Like you say, usually in the end, they're like, yeah. oh, okay, she's all yeah, right. It's not, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like, yeah, of course, you should just, you know, obviously with the language, yeah. you should call someone over and they can be the interpreter. Yep, if I, but if I don't me, understand. When, it's me when they get the look in their eye and they realize, this is the person who knows, this, this is the person I need to be speaking to. And then it, yep. the mechanics yep. of that, look, that's not a problem. We have plenty of staff that can speak Japanese and English. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. not a problem. And, so, yeah, exactly. So but, 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 but how but, to handle your business yeah. issue, the, the person you exactly. need to talk to is me. And so. I just like that when I see that, like, acknowledgement. First, that re a little bit of resignation. And, but then oftentimes <laughs> at the end, like, you're laughing with them and they're having a good time. And you can tell, like, they, like I love that. Like, I just love that. Like, I appreciate that. Because well, I'm, I'm a people yeah. person. Much as I don't really like people that much, when I'm at work, you always say that, I'm Terry. Fast. I don't. You are Dude, I'm a hermit. I'm, oh, okay. I, I think I'm saying you don't like people I, and you're a hermit, I think are two different things. Because I'm, I can be well, hermity too. I, I like people at work. Okay. Like I'm really fascinated yeah. by the people I meet at work. Yeah. Like both my colleagues and yeah. and my customers. Yeah. But once I leave, I just I can't get into my house fast enough because I'm not. Like I'm not a I'm not a party I'm not missing the fact that there's a lot of COVID nineteen. I see. In, uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I I'm not no 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 yeah. no. I would rather be home. I'm not a party and... guy either. Where I'll differ from you is I do like the camaraderie of going out drinking and eating with the people I know, like with right. my friends. You know right. that to me is like right. I really enjoy that. Right, but right, I right. don't like being at big parties. I'm so nervous. I'm such a wreck. I remember one time I was at a party that my friend invited me to, but she was uh -huh. super late. Man, I was so angry and <laughs> so like, 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 
Like, you got you, left yet abandoned. Like, could you just hurry? Like, it's one. I don't mind you being a little bit late, but it was just like ridiculous. And even the people could tell. <laughs> And they were just so like they were they were weirded out they were weirded out by the fact that I was weirded out and I you know what oh. it was I also I also set up myself to fail too I I overput the expectation that at the most she's gonna be twenty minutes late right it just got later and later and later and I couldn't oh, get out of I couldn't get gosh. myself out of that emotional hole I, I should have just abandoned her coming and then just try to get to know the people right but my mindset right. was could you just hurry up right. and freaking get here and then that just <laughs> overrid everything and I became so like nervous and uncomfortable Aww. and it was just terrible and it's just like yeah well that's the yeah. thing about it you always have to temper your expectations right you have to be careful you really do managing your own expectations yeah. I, I you know it's really interesting how we as a species are being asked to confront expectations i seriously I, the thi- oh what the heck was that um i think there's like I'm an atheist, but I do think there's probably some kind of zeitgeist or um, energy or something because folks who have been lying to themselves for years or ignoring stuff are getting, you know, yeah. kind of, it's getting thrown in their faces. And that's true in Japan. As I well do as think there's an else. energy, but the thing I love about it is that I think we've created that energy. Yes. I don't think I don't it's think it's, human, I don't think there's a, human, I don't human. think there's a yeah I think it's it's the same energy you create when you have a bond with people or it's the same it's sim, it's not the same right. energy but it's it's at, it's energy in a way when you have a bond with people or even when you have a bond with things if you've been using the you know I don't know you've been using the same wallet for 20 years you know there's yep. energy there whatever yep. you know that's an, okay within an inanimate object it's a little bit of a different thing but yeah basically so I I do but I agree with you that this the zeitgeist ah German this it's amazing yeah language. man I, they just they just have a word they've got for a everything. few they've got a few words dang, just go like what dang. although the japanese language too akogare oh we were talking earlier about akogare and i think i didn't explain enough what akogare means i did say oh uh, yeah yeah, yeah people please. might want, want to know a little more so akogare means like for example let's say if you like um if you like basketball, let's just use basketball. Back in the 90s when I was a kid, everyone's akogare, the person they looked up to, it was, wow, it was Michael Jordan. Today, you know, one generation back, it'd be Kobe, not one generation back from Michael Jordan, but one generation back from now, people talk about Kobe Bryant or Le- LeBron James. Or we were talking earlier right, about people who right. love Japanese anime from when they were a kid. So like Japan is their akogare. I've always wanted to go to right. Japan. I'm, I admire Miyazaki it. Yeah, or Japanese who love hip hop, you know, oh, they're akogare, you know, they wish they could, you know, have hair like black people or wear those clothes or do those things like right. any that's right. akogare like it translates in a dictionary as like admiration but it's that it's that it's almost like that striving that yearning that admir admir right. admiring longing admirable longing kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah longing towards yeah. that person or that or that thing yeah. or that culture yeah. or that yeah so akogare it's a great word akogare yeah akogare ah uh, yeah it's, it is a it's funny, I was trying to figure out, I remembered it because it's a beautiful word, mm-hmm. like as a, as a word. To yeah, pronounce. it sounds nice. Yeah. It really sounds nice. Like there's so many words like that in Japanese. They have this amazing yeah. sound. You know? Well, I love words I like, na- I love mean, words but... like natsukashi. Do you know oh, natsukashi? Oh, I love natsukashi. Yeah. I love that word. Or even interesting ones that people don't think have that deep of meaning, but actually do. For example, hisashiburi. So here's yes. the thing. About, here's the thing about hisashiburi. It's not if you go like, if you just say like, if you if you say like, I haven't seen Tom in a long time, 
you can't right. and you say you know oh hisashiburi ni atte nai you can't say that unless you meet tom again right that's the twist with hisashi it doesn't mean it's been a long time it's been a long time it doesn't just mean it's been a long time you have to have done it again so you can't say it's right. been a long time since right. i eaten pizza if you have if you're not eating pizza right It's, right, it's, right, it's right, right. It's been 10 years since you ate your last pizza. Yeah, yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't connected with him or seen him. But yeah. if you see him, you can, you can say that. Yeah, and that's the great thing. The reason I say this is because I used to misuse the word all the time. I didn't, oh. know, I, I didn't understand. I didn't know that. So I was like, it's been a long time since I've done that. And they're like, so you've done that recently? Like, no, it's been a long time. Yeah, you can't say. I'm like, but it's been a long time. No, you can't say Hisashiburi. Oh, interesting. I didn't know. I didn't understand. Yeah, I didn't understand that, that, that subtle difference oh, which is which well, is I vital no because i'm copying <laughs> you know the well people around the, me the, the most common use for it is when you haven't seen someone in a long time as you exactly. see them you say it to them so that so it's that's already built in right if i see you and go Hisashiburi, it's been a long time since i've seen you it's already built in that we've seen each other again so if you don't right. think about that if you don't know that rule you might use it somewhere else thinking that you're just saying yeah. it but it doesn't just mean i haven't seen you in a long time it means i haven't seen you in a long time and we've seen each other again we've seen we're right. seeing each other again and it's been a long time you know, right, that's right, what it right, means right, so right. it's it's a it's interesting yeah I'm i mean but even, yes i mean sure the english long time no see you don't say it if you haven't seen someone obviously but no yeah no you know. interesting but interesting. you might say yeah have you seen have you you know have you seen matt matt no nah, it's been a long time since i've seen him you know like so right that's you a, would just still that, use that, that same yeah we'd still use that similar phrase so yeah yeah interesting, interesting. yeah huh Hisashiburi is a beautiful. It's a good one. It, it, it's a fe it feels good, you know, like it's yeah. reconnection, that kind of feeling. Yeah. I yeah. even use it in email for some folks. Like, yeah. even though I'm not seeing them, I'm like, well, Hisashiburi, it, it, it nah. well, it's, it's been a long, you can say it's been a long time since we've been in contact. It, it works for, it doesn't have to be seeing. It works for right, anything. Right, it works, right. And the it thing about it is that it works for your personal things. It's been a long time since I've, been there yes. i've eaten that i've watched this movie it's not yep. that's why it's different from it's it's weird because it's more broadly used than long time no see because that's just right seeing somebody right or uh, it's 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 been a long time but it's also the reunion aspect of it yeah yeah speaking of it's been a long time <laughs> yeah i, I think it's about probably... time to wrap up though so this is a good point to wrap up on i think uh, yeah, yeah yeah wow so much fun this has been fun You know, we talked about a lot of things. It's be interesting to we listen did. back on it because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hope everything came out the way we were, we're hoping. I hope um, so too. Otherwise, it's been a lovely one hour and 31 minutes, but it'll be, <laughs> it'll, it'll just be like a sweet memory. Natsukashi. Natsukashi, no. But uh, yeah, no, this is good. This is good. Yeah. Um, who, who's your next guest? Who's who's your next guest coming up? Oh, good question. I'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to get. Well, I mentioned earlier my story about my Asian friend who the police looked at when you know. So right. it's actually a specific person, Simon. He's a good buddy of mine. I met him through cool. podcasting many years ago when I had an old when I had a podcast called Kobe Beef Show. He was a listener. And then he had a oh, podcast wow. called Wondercast. And he kind of got into Japan at the time. And he visited Japan. Like, this was like 15 years ago. He visited. And when I was living in Kobe, but we met up in Osaka. And we nice. We were, we were friendly through the internet. And then we met. And then we, and then we stayed in touch. And then for a few years, he hadn't come back to Japan. But then from about, about 10 years ago, he comes back to Japan almost every year. Wow. So, Cool. He, was, he was supposed to come in April, but obviously COVID ruined that. Right. Uh, he was here yeah. last year. I was in San Francisco. When I was in San Francisco in January, February, I was 
it was to visit him. So, oh, uh, nice. and so him and another buddy of mine that he brought over. So the thing is, we joke around that he's like a tour guide. He's like a private Bay Area tour guide. He's like, introduced, <laughs> he's brought a lot of his friends over who wanted to come to Japan, but, you know, just on their own, they were nervous about it or they just didn't, you know, they didn't know who to go with. And he, he's brought a lot of people over to Japan and really got them into cool. Japan and Japanese culture, uh, which is really cool. Um, right. That's but, cool. uh, so I want to do an interview with him and that. one of the buddies that he's introduced me to a, a guy named Gus. So Simon and Gus, I'm looking forward to talking to them. They'll be on the show soon and we'll be talk we'll be able to talk about a lot of cool Jap Japan stuff and their experiences. So I'm Great. looking forward to that and I hope everyone else is too. Cool. All right. Looking Terry, forward to it. All thank right. you so much. This has been thank awesome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we'll just, uh, Jane, <laughs> Matane. <laughs> Matane. <laughs>